reading this morning is reading the text rather in the Old Testament from Isaiah 63, beginning at verse 7 through to verse 9. And it's on page 751 in the Old Testament section. Isaiah 63, beginning at verse 7. I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised, according to all the Lord has done for us, yes, the many good things he has done for Israel, according to his compassion and many kindnesses. He said, surely they are my people, children who will be true to me. And so he became their saviour. In all their distress, he too was distressed, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up, encouraged them all the days of old. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, so here's a question, and... uh, and uh, it's a question that actually the children might want to draw on their bits of paper uh, later on. What do you think? What do you think God looks like? There's a question. Have you ever thought of that? What does God look like? He has a big brown beard. Well, okay, big brown beard. Anything else? Mm, that's a real difficult question, isn't it? What does God look like? Well, I want to suggest, I've actually, I, I know this to be true. This is what God looks like. Oh, a bit more. <laughs> Colonel Sanders. God looks like Colonel Sanders. Well, and I know this. I know this. Um, We've been doing some uh, readings from uh, the book of Isaiah. We began in uh, chapter 1, verse 1, when uh, Isaiah gave them what uh, the city really looked like. It was a mess. It was surrounded by armies and disaster was coming and they were all going to get carried off into what they call exile, taken away from where they lived a thousand miles away to Babylon and and that that happened eventually. And then in chapter 2, we looked at uh, how... From God's perspective, there was another reality, a perfect city of Jerusalem, uh, which actually is the church, where his purposes are all worked out and his peace comes and they beat their swords into plowshares. And the people of God lived out the kingdom even whilst they were on earth. That was like a, a greater reality than the, than the exile that they were going into. And then in chapter 35, we looked at the time when Isaiah saw that although the bad news was coming, there was going to be good news. We had hope set before us. And although we were a bit handicapped with uh, the things that we do wrong, yet there was healing and, uh, and there was holiness and eventually there was happiness for all God's people. So that's as far as we've got in the, in the talks of Isaiah. But now, 
in chapter 63, they've, they've been carried away. And uh, there's a new king who's overthrown the wicked king Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, and this new king was called Cyrus. Cyrus the Mede. Have we got any Medes here? Oh, we do. We do have some Medes. We've got Darren the Mede. Beware the Medes and Persians, they say, don't they? Well, Cyrus was a Mede. A Mede, it's spelled differently, though. Mm. Anyway, so Cyrus the Mede, he said, you can go back to your city, Jerusalem. And Isaiah was saying, we're going back. Either they'd just gone back or they were on the verge of going back. And he's saying, but how's it going to be when we live in the future? We messed it up in the past. Are we going to mess it up in the future? And so he begins by remembering what God looks like. And the reason I know that this is what God looks like is because of these three letters. K, F and C. And verse 7 is the K, verse 8 is the F, and verse 9 is the C. So, in verse 7, are there any K words that you can find? Kindness, Kindness, and it becomes at the beginning, and it comes at the end. That's called an inclusio for you clever ones. Uh, But the whole verse is talking about God's kindness. Isn't that clever? Look at that. Now... If you look at that verse, there are certain words that show us God's kindness. He says, I'll tell of the kindnesses of the Lord. How does he know God's kind? Because of deeds. Very good, Anita. Because, you see, you're not kind if you just think good thoughts, kind thoughts, but don't do anything. What makes you kind is putting that kind of thought into action. Isn't that right, Doris? Doris was very kind 53 years ago when she opened up her back bedroom to all those children of the estate. And they came and they learned about Jesus. And look at us now. We are the fruit of that kindness to Meadgate Estate that Doris and Bill and Betty and one or two of the others all showed in getting together. Kindness. The other, what motivates the kindness though? What in the text there is a word that says God is kind because? Oh, Nita, you're well ahead of me. Compassion. (laughs) I was Gail, sorry. Compassion, there we are. Deeds and compassion, you see. It's not just doing kind things because we have to. It's doing kind things because we want to, because we feel it in our hearts. It's part of what we do. So kindness, we know God's kindness. It's right there in verse 7, shown in deeds and compassion. Now, the second word, I've just given it to you, if you looked, is uh, faithfulness. It's not in the text, but you can see how important it is in verse 8. He says, surely, surely what? They are my people. And the last verse, of verse line of verse 8, he says, he became their saviour. What does that remind you of? What would that remind you of? You are Christian people. They're my people, I'm their saviour. What time in history does that remind you of? Not Jesus. When did God first say, you'll be my people? 
the children of Israel, and they were in, in bondage in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt, and God came to them, and he said, I've heard your cries. I'm going to lead you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, into freedom. So Isaiah takes them right back to the beginning when God said, I will be your saviour, and nothing will stop me from being your saviour. And you will be my people. And nothing will stop you from being my people. They are his people. He is their saviour. That's how we know how faithful God is. And the third word. Is there a third word that you might uh, sum up verse 9 with? I'll give it to you. It begins with C. Because God cares for you. Well, carries is in there, but I haven't put it up as carried because, you see, God shows how much he cares in a very interesting way. There are four words. First of all, in the first line, in their distress, he is distressed. Distressed. So when you're crying and upset, like Bethany is, God also is crying and upset. He's got his thumb in his mouth and his little fleecy going, oh, it's so sad. Are you ever sad? Are you ever sad? In your life, in your home, you ever have a sob? Once or twice, maybe, eh? And when, and when, <laughs> and when you're having a sob, when life is hard, when you are distressed, God is distressed. Actually, the word means that in their, in their affliction... God, no adversary. That's actually what it says. No adversary he. Meaning God doesn't do it to them. He's with them in it. In their afflictions, he also is afflicted. So, that's the first word. He's distressed. Secondly, he saves them. And how does he save them? In that second line, the angel of his presence saves them. Now, what does that remind you of? Bill, you got the right, got the right answer, but the wrong time. Jesus. Jesus, well done, Bill. Jesus, he's the presence of God with us, and we know, don't we, that he is our saviour. He saves us. But thirdly, it costs us something. It cost him something, because in his love and mercy, he What's the word? The word there on the third line? Redeemed. Now, to redeem something, you have to pay the price. You have to pay to get it back. So he didn't just save them and it didn't matter. He saved them and it cost him his life. He redeemed them. To bring you back into relationship with God... A man has died. When you fall into sin, a man dies. I was once uh, doing a bit of teaching and a woman said to me, well, I don't really see that stealing paper clips from work is a sin. It's not really a problem. And I said, well, if you thought a man died because you stole paper clips from work, would it be a problem? And she said, yes, it would be. And I said, well, he did. 
when you take what's not yours and keep it for yourself, Jesus dies for it. It's part of his suffering. And so what we do is try not to do that and cause greater suffering. And then fourthly, in verse 9, he lifted them up and carried them. You see, God embraces us, lifts us up and carries us when we're weak. And in the weak times, it can feel like he's not there. But actually, he is. Have faith. Even in the hardest of times, God is present. And when we get through the difficult times and look back, we can say, oh, that's where he was. That's where he gave me strength. That is where I got through because God carried me along. And so you see, when Isaiah was talking to these people about going back to their city from their lostness, from all their struggles and afflictions, he's saying, remember, this is what God looks like. This is what God is like all the time. He is so good. God is good. And all the time, let's sing a song or two. Please do be seated. Thank you very much, Steve. Now, if this is what God is like, looks like, what do we look like? Can you think of a typical member of Meadgate Church? I'll show you what he looks like. A typical member of Meadgate Church. How's that? Now, this is the point. What is our... Why are we Christians? What is the point of us being Christians? To glorify God? Very good, yes. More than that, though. To be like him. To become like him. Very good, Doris. So, this is what we are becoming like. <laughs> Not a bad likeness. What do you think? Me and God? Very pally. Well, maybe it needs a bit of refinement. But how do we get refined? It's the same three words. The same three words from verses 7, 8, and 9. The first word was, okay, kindness. There it is. Now, if God's kindness is shown in his deeds and compassion, how do we become kind people? What does Isaiah say? In the very first line, he says, I will tell. And in the second line, he says, of the deeds for which he is to be praised. Tell and praise. You see, if we tell people about the kindnesses of God, how kind God is to us, then actually we begin to orientate ourselves to that kind of thing. Talking about it, shares good news. And if we praise God, we open ourselves up to his goodness, his kindness in us, that it might work through us. Tell and praise. Key parts of Christian life. 
we come together today, how good it is to meet on the first day of the year together to praise God, open ourselves up to his kindness, and then we'll go out there and through the year we can tell them of his kindness. And we do it both by words and actions, of course, but that's what we're about, telling of the kindnesses of God. And the second word was faithfulness. There we are. Now, how do we be faithful? It's right in the middle of that verse. The second line. Be true to him. You see, you can't be faithful if you're not going to be true. Faithfulness is what God is. He binds himself to us unbreakably. And he wants us to bind ourselves to him. And when he called us as his people, he made that covenant. We shall never be separated from God. And all he asks is that we put him first, central, the most important in life. More important than your Xbox. More important. What's the most important thing in life? What would you say? What's the most important thing for you, Jeff? <laughs> the family, I suppose it is. But the Lord is more important than all things. Be true to him. And when we're true to him, people see what real faith looks like. And the third word was caring. Yeah. And how are we going to be caring? It's very simple. God did all of those four things, distressed, saving, redeeming, and carrying us in his love because he loves us. Now, here's the thing, children of God. This is how we become caring people, by receiving his love. Because when we receive his love, then we have love to give out. And if we don't receive his love, we're never going to be able to give out true love that simply cares for caring's sake. We do a lot of caring for our own sake, caring so that people will like us, caring because we have to, caring because we think that's what's expected of us, but caring because we love, because we have received God's love, is a different kind of caring altogether. So the first thing we do in being kind is to tell and praise. In being faithful is to be true to him. And in, in being caring is to receive his love. And when we receive all that from him, then it oozes out of us. We are an oozy people. Oozy to the neighborhood and the people we live with and everyone around us. And do you know what they're going to say about us when we start doing that? When we do do that, do you know what they say? You do. You've seen it on the screen already. Well, they, don't, well, they will say that. They'll say, those people, those Christians, they look like God because they are so good. Because God is good and all the time... God is good. So if you want to hear those words in the neighborhood around, as indeed they are saying, with all the good things we're doing, 
Those people down at the church are so good. And then we can begin to tell them about the love of God. KFC. When you go down for your KFC this week, think of Isaiah 63. Kindness, faithfulness, and caring. That's what your God is like. And that is what we are becoming. Let's sing faithful.